Welcome back to Convo by Design. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this week we are speaking with Marissa Stokes. We're talking about, come on, you know what we're talking about. I say that half kidding. Like, yeah, we're talking about interior design, architecture, art, and this amazing business of shelter and design, because that's what we do. But really, every conversation that I have had over 300 interviews, 200 panel conversations, hundreds of events, every single one of them, they're all different because each creative is so unique. This week, our conversation with Marissa covers design across the US, including projects in California, New York, Montana, New Orleans, South Florida. Marissa earned her BFA in interior design from Parsons School of Design and spent time working for Victoria Hagen and Jane Design Studios before starting her own design journey. We talk about the work and her journey. We also discuss the current state of design, the business of design, and all that that entails. Marissa is a complete designer with an artist's touch for color and an engineer's approach to furniture placement. Her use of space is elegant and efficient, as is her approach to the business. You'll hear all about it right after this. For well over a year now, you have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers, and steam shower accessories for decades. Thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art, made and manufactured in the United States. The company's history with steam showers started by David Altman in 1958. Murray Altman acquired Thermosol's steam bath division in 1989, and the company is now led by Mitch Altman from their world-class production facility in Round Rock, Texas. The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness, relaxation, and enjoyment for their clients. Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade, and I am so proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. I love that you get nervous for interviews. I, th I think it's healthy. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it is too. I, I, I think it's a good thing. I think nervous, being nervous in general is a good thing. You have to do the things that make you uncomfortable. That's important because they help you grow. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's normal and I guess natural. <laughs> what, what makes you nervous as a designer right now? And, and by the way, that is a loaded question intentionally so yeah <laughs> um because you know i've been having a lot of conversations and uh the nature of the business has completely changed and i want to i want to get into some of the specifics of you and your practice and your your design because you do some extraordinary work thank you thank but what you. makes what makes you nervous right now nervous right now <laughs> Um, I mean, every, every, I think taking on any project, you know, you're always a little bit nervous about it. 
you don't know necessarily how it's going to go, how well you're going to work with your client. You, you know, you want to hit it off and you want to make sure that you understand each other. Um, so I think walking into any project, I'm always a little bit nervous. Um, right now, um, you know, specifically, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you always want to make your clients um you want them to love your project. So you have that, um, you know, you're always nervous that they're, when you're installing, they're going to love what you're, what you're installing for them and that they understood your vision. I think that's, that's a hard thing, you know, making sure that you can communicate really well with your clients so that they understand and get the big picture and that they're not completely surprised at the end of the day. I think that that's, that's what makes me the most nervous just making sure that my clients are on board and understand. Yeah. At the same time. And I, I would imagine too, you have had to completely revamp the way you think about the business because we all have, right. um, yeah. there is virtually no aspect of the design and architecture space, industry, business, mm -hmm. uh, community that has not, that has not ha had to change or adapt. I mean, look what we're doing now. It's so funny. I, I went years doing the podcast without ever doing a virtual interview, uh, right. interview conversation. I would just, Hey, you want to meet at, you know, the Pacific design center and we'll, sure. we'll just, we'll, we'll chat, chat for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Super easy. And that's not a thing. No, <laughs> it, it hasn't been a thing. I, I will tell you, you know, legends is coming up. Uh, La Cienega Design Quarters Legends is coming up. Yes. And I am so excited, to, like a kid in a candy. I'm just excited. I'm giddy about getting out and doing yeah, it again. Getting out and seeing people and seeing yes. things. I know it's so unusual. <laughs> Same, have you, I have an event coming up next week and I'm I'm excited just to see other designers and, and be out there. It's rare these days. It is rare these days. How has that changed the way you do you know, the most mundane thing for a designer is going down to a low, to the design center, mm. but, you know, whether it's traveling to Maison or, or, mm. um, you know, Salone or Los Angeles for LCDQ, right. how has that changed the way you travel, the way that you research new product, um, the way you go to projects? Right. Um, I, I mean, everything's become so digital. So for a while, you really had to change the way that you present so that you can easily show have a Zoom with a client and, you know, they can understand your concept or be able to email them presentations. That's completely changed because, you know, you we used to be able to sit at a conference table and, you know, show show everything, um, walk through design concepts, walk through the floor plan. So now it's it's making sure that you can communicate in a way so that they can easily understand whether, you know, opening up via email or um or be a Zoom and not having, you know, tangible uh, samples in front of them. Or, you know, planning ahead. That's another thing. You have to plan ahead so that you have your presentation um, and you send a set to your client so that they can review those physical samples while you're describing them via a Zoom meeting. So that's definitely changed. And that's that's a new thing. <laughs> that, that was not... Uh, you mentioned the, the you mentioned samples and you know when it comes to samples and reps and right. and yeah. really interesting now how has your library your sample library changed it's increased um, incredibly um, I have a huge library um, 
And, um, you know, what, what is wonderful is that, you know, vendors have gotten so good at sending things to you. You can get things very quickly. Um, you, you can request samples and you'll have them the next day. So, um, so I, I have a huge library now. Um, I could use more space. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I um, and, you know, that's important because I know I, I probably well now, you know, now it's gotten a little bit better. But for a long time, I wasn't able to go to the D&D. I wasn't able to source things. So I needed to make sure that I had everything that I needed around me. So. As that also and by the way, with that also comes part of the part of the biz that I really don't like is the constant influx of new catalogs, the yes. constant influx of information regarding, oh, by the way, discard this sample. Yes. And we're going to send you some new samples. It gets, it gets really confusing based on how many vendors you're working with. How do you manage yes. all that? Um, that gets a little bit um, annoying. Um, <laughs> You know, the catalogs have gotten so big now, too. I find sometimes I'll get, you know, this huge catalog. I tend, I, I keep what I know I'll use and, you know, other things I recycle or give away. Um, but, you know, because I, I only have so much space, I, I have to keep the things that I, that I know are important to me and that I'll utilize and other things. They don't stay here. Um, I'm happy to donate them to somebody else. It's funny, sometimes I'll get fabric samples in the mail randomly from a vendor, you know, thinking that it might be something that I might be interested in using. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And I'm like, oh, great. Now, where am I going to put these fabric samples? Luckily, um, my mother loves fabric, so she's happy <laughs> to take them off my hands. So sometimes, you know, I'll give her some things and um, you know, she's, she's creative and she might, she might use them and make something with them. So. Yeah. Just a point, by the way, uh, call it a public service announcement, yeah. if you will, but two things with the rug samples, yes. um, which is a huge problem because they represent so much space. Yes. Uh, I would recommend any designers that as you get rid of your rug samples, instead of throwing them away, call your local pet adoption center Yes, and yeah. give it to them. Uh, I've never been told no. You know, yes, no, that's a very, that's a, a very good point. And you're right. That's a, a great thing. And, and I've done similar, um, but you're right. They take up so much space and you know, there's only so much shelving space you have. And um, the rug samples, I think, are, are the hardest. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I have so many things to ask you about. Uh, the first is your design career. You know, you really got started uh, at DKDA, David yeah. Kleinberg Design Associates. Here's my question for you. Yeah. What, what did you learn about the business from that experience that mm -hmm. you liked? And what did you learn that was not that you didn't like, mm -hmm. but that maybe wasn't right for you? Um, well, um, I, uh, I loved working for DKDA. That was, um, it was a really great experience for me. Um, I, not to, change the subject, but I, I went to school at Parsons School of Design and um, that um, the curriculum there was a very, um, it was a very conceptual based curriculum. It was very commercial and um, it was more based on interior architecture. So um, 
I struggled a bit with that program and um, I was definitely a, um, you know, square peg trying to fit into a round hole. It was, it was difficult, but I, um, I, uh, while I was in the program, I had one class and it was um, a slightly more residential focused class. And that class was taught by Kitty Hawks, who's a wonderful designer. And Kitty invited David Kleinberg as a guest speaker um, to our class. And, um, you know, David came in and he gave a beautiful presentation. He talked about um, a project he was working on in the Hamptons and uh, walked us through the, um, the furniture floor plan. He talked about the custom furniture that, um, you know, they had fabricated his mix of antiques and modern pieces. And, um, you know, he talked about the fabrics and, you know, I, after his presentation, I was in awe and I was like, oh my gosh, here is somebody who's finally speaking my language. So um, I, um, I left that day and, you know, I, I wrote a really nice letter to David's office manager and sent my resume and was like, I would love to intern. I don't know if you're even hiring, but <laughs> please consider me. So I, um, long story short, they called me in for an interview and I was hired. Um, so walking into DKDA, I, um, I felt like I was finally on the right path. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. This, this makes sense. So it was um, a really great experience for me. I loved working there. He had such a nice staff at the time and they really took me under their wing. Um, I'm the type of person that I, I don't care. You know, I, I think you should roll up your sleeves. Don't be afraid to get dirty. I didn't care what they asked me to do. You know, if I had to shop um, all day in the D&D building searching for one fabric, that was great. That was fine. Um, or if I had to go to the Bronx and pick up a furniture or a floor sample, okay, you know, send me. I didn't mind what they asked me to do because I knew I was learning. I was getting to know the business. I was meeting these great artisans. So, um, so I really... I, I loved, I loved working there. I loved every minute <laughs> being there. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that the hardest part, what, when I decided that it was time for me to leave that office, I think what I, I needed at the time was, um, I didn't quite understand, um, how to be a project manager because I, um, what's so nice about David's office is he has it set up. So, and this is actually the case with most interior design firms, but they're set up so that you have your designers and they're supported by um, coordinators or essentially project managers. So, um, so at the time I was doing a lot of design work, but I, I didn't understand how to actually make a project happen because I wasn't, um, you know, I was obtaining quotes, but I wasn't entering anything into the system and proposing them to clients, generating purchase orders, working with accounting. So, um, so that's, um, that's when I decided that I, I needed to go somewhere else where I could be a bit more hands-on, um, learn the project management aspect of the, the business and, um, and uh, you know, that, that would further help my foundation as a designer and help me grow. So, so that's that's the that's what I gained <laughs> from working there. The other part of the question, and by the way, it's it's not fishing for negatives, <laughs> but I learned something once. I'm not going to um, say anything negative. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not it's not negative. I'll, I'll tell you the the context. 
Um, so years ago, I interviewed Bunny Williams. Yeah. And she worked for Parrish Hadley, was, yes. you know, where, where she kind of cut her teeth on, on the world of design. Right. And, you know, you, in asking Bunny, what did you, what did you learn? What did you love? What did you not love? She, she had, she said something really interesting yeah. that um, Sister Parrish thrived on conflict. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's how it affected the office. The office, everything was in turmoil and last minute deadlines. And there was that Oh, that yeah. palpable feeling of stress all the stress time. Stress and tension. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah. Sister Parish liked to work. Yeah. And Bunny didn't. Yeah. Right. Right. When you're right. when you're an intern or you're a new a, a young designer working in another firm, yeah. you have to do things their way. Yes. It's not that it's wrong or it's right. It's right. that's their way of doing it. Yes. What I have learned over nine years of doing this podcast mm-hmm. and talking to literally hundreds and hundreds of designers, there, there are lots of wrong ways to do things. There are a few right ways to do things, yeah. but there's always differences. And there, just because one person views something as wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. It's what's, what's right for them. Right. And I ask you that because I, I, have fa- I got such value out of that answer. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't like to work under stress either, right. but I know people who do. Right. And so right. I'm curious what you gleaned from that experience, not as in what you didn't like from that, but what you learned moving forward and starting your own company. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, that's so true. I mean, I think our industry in general, I think there's always a little, an element of stress and anxiety because you're coordinating so many pieces of furniture, you're working with hundreds of different vendors, you're trying to get everything to come together so that you can, you can install and, and, you know, get get what you intended to get. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, And I think, you know, some of which is good pressure, but, um, but, but definitely, I I think I, I work well. um, I work well in that situation, but you learn how to uh, get organized really quickly. Um, cause if you don't, it, it's just, it's not going to work out well. So I, I think, uh, that's, that's something that I've gained and gleaned from that. And I think too, what's really interesting is designers have had to sort of not everyone possess the same tools in the toolkit that are now required of you. You know, it's funny because working on a design house project here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. there is no design center here, Right. <laughs> So yeah. nearest nearest design center is mm-hmm. Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, next one is you know Chicago, St. Louis. There's a Kansas City. There's a there's a few other outlets, but there really isn't a design center short of Chicago or Dallas. Right. I'm so used to living in LA, where if you have if you want to go touch and feel or do a sit test or do something of that nature, you just go. Just do it. Right. And you just do it, and <laughs> right. and then you can have a face to face conversation with somebody, and and they can say listen, I know you want to get this in three months, mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm, right. It's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> eight manage months. those expectations. I can right. tell you that now, or you can order it, specify it. I can call you in four months and tell you it's not going to be ready for eight months. We're dealing with, with that now, you know, things that we ordered eight months ago that were supposed to be ready for delivery three months ago. We're only now getting a notification that they're ready for delivery. And oh, by the way, right. freight, freight has doubled. <laughs> yeah. since we were originally quoted. Yeah, eight months, that's pretty good. I know. <laughs> yeah. But what that, what that does, though, yeah. is it puts an extraordinary amount of pressure 
mm-hmm. on, on you to manage these relationships right. with your clients because mm-hmm. clients want a couple of things. Mm-hmm. They want it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want it for less. Mm-hmm. And they want it to be perfect. Right. And those ideas are not always compatible. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really interesting. I'm looking at, at a lot of the work that you do, and I want to talk to you about some specific projects. But I'm I'm also getting that, you know, not everything you specify is made domestically. Um, right. Yes and no, actually. You know, it's I tend to do a lot of custom work um, for that reason. So I like to use a lot of workrooms that are located, um, you know, in the New York City area because I find I can be super hands-on. I um, I am very, you know, I work one-on-one with the artisan so that we can fabricate exactly what we're looking for. And, you know, they're much easier to manage in terms of time, but also I don't need to worry about that extra element of uh, shipping from overseas and getting something stuck at the port, um, which is, you know, something that everyone's going through right now. But now I know if it's fabricated locally, um, I work with, you know, amazing um, movers and (laughs) um, I can have it picked up as soon as it's ready and it goes directly to my client. So that's the, that's the way I I prefer to work and, and, um, and do so if I, if I can, and if the client allows. At the same time though, so you're, you're based in New York city. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, you have, you have Manhattan based clients. Right. You've also got clients in Connecticut. That's great. You can still manage those locally. Easy. But yeah. then when you get to your Brentwood, California, or your yeah. Montana, or yeah, it gets a little more, it's a little complicated. Yeah. So, yeah. what have you learned about? And I think it's really interesting. I picked up on the fact that you know project management was something that you really made an effort to to learn yes. more about. I can't imagine any skill set being more valuable than that post 2020. It's the most valuable thing. I think, especially, you know, like I said before, you're coordinating so many different pieces and working with so many different vendors that it's key to be able to stay organized and manage these projects. I um, do a lot of schedules. I use Excel a lot, which I know is not fun for a designer, but, but it's, or anybody. Uh, I like Excel. I'm fine with it, but I think that's unusual. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's very, very important. Um, yeah. In our field. What, what other, what other digital tools do you find yourself using that have been helpful in that regard? Um, oh, I use, I use a lot. I mean, um, I, I definitely utilize Excel. Now I use a lot of PowerPoint, which has been like my, um, the way that I'm able to do presentations that I could email to a client or, you know, use via Zoom. So PowerPoint's been a new thing that I use often. I also am a big, uh, I use Photoshop and InDesign and um, that I use a lot for presentation skills too. Sometimes I have to like manipulate, um, you know, renderings or elevations to communicate, you know, what something might look like. So I'll use Photoshop in that regard and, um, you know, change colors and add, add wallpaper and (laughs) lighting fixtures and other things. 
So I would say those are, those are my programs. You are listening to my conversation with designer Marissa Stokes. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to Convo by Design for a while now, you have heard me tell you about Article. Great style. Really, it's as simple as that with Article. Things have been challenging for design professionals and their clients for, what, two years, two plus years now? You know this already. What you might not know is that it doesn't have to be if you're looking for exceptionally beautiful modern furniture. Article provides a simple and easy way to creating a beautiful modern space because Article works direct with their manufacturers on production of unique and stunning pieces. Then they work directly by providing this well-crafted design directly to you. This direct relationship means you aren't wondering where your furniture is and you're getting it for an incredible value. What could possibly be better than that? In many cases, the shipping is flat rate, which means no surprises right? Even more, their culture and service are rooted in their core values. Customer obsession, doing it differently, ownership mindset, winning together. If you're a designer, architect, or residential developer, you must check out their trade program. Discounts, special support, and exclusive perks. Article has the beautiful modern furniture you're looking for at an incredible price, at an incredible value, and you need to check them out. Check out article.com, or if you go to the show notes, there is a specific link which will take you, if you're in the trade, directly to their trade program. You have to see it to really believe it. Thank you, Article. How are you conveying the specification challenges that we're facing now to your clients? How, how does that how does that conversation go? And and I I preface the the question. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it's going to get here when it gets here. You can't just say, you know, it's going to be 20% more expensive and it's Mm -hmm. going to take 50% longer. Right. You can't just say those things. There has to be some rationale, some science behind it. Now I I love the fact that you utilize workrooms. I think that that's getting more and more popular. And by the way, I think workrooms are going to, are going to solve a lot of problems in design in particular, Mm -hmm. coast to coast. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I love that. That makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But how do you have that conversation about current situations where we are now? I think you just, you, you have to be upfront and honest with your client and educate them as best as you can and give them options. You know, you can say, you know, we, we can have this piece, but we just have to keep in mind that it is, it has a long lead time, potentially it could be even longer, you know, if we have to ship from overseas or, you know, we have this option where, um, you know, we can do something a little bit different, make it locally and, you know, manage the, the time a little bit better. But um, but I, I think it's just important to consistently communicate with your client. You don't want them to be surprised at the end of the day. You, you need to you need to just keep them informed, let them know what's going on and and let them make the decision. You know, I don't like to push my clients. I, I want to make sure that they they have all the information so that they can decide what works best for them. And then I do my best to to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And I wanted to talk about a couple of your projects mm-hmm. and some some ideas sure. that I that I see that I think are really, really cool. <laughs> and I, I want to preface it with this by saying to everyone who's listening. So yes, this is a podcast. If you want to see what we're talking about, <laughs> go to the show notes and there's a link to Marissa's website. And uh, you can under the projects page, you can scroll down to the to the project that we're talking about, and and you can you can follow along because um, that's really fun to do. The first <laughs> one I want to ask you about sure. is the um, Montana Lodge. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> you, you look like there's a tough question coming. You sound nervous. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm going to log okay. on too, so I could look at it with you. Oh, I love it. Um, but so, yes, that's a, that was a project I did. Um, I worked on with Thomas. So, um, so I was a senior designer um, at Jane Design Studio and I worked on that project. Um, but it's one of my favorites and it's a special project. <laughs> I have a soft it, spot for it. So, <laughs> so I'm happy well, to talk so, about it. So I, Montana mm -hmm. is, is one of the most special places on, on the planet. It really is. It yeah, really is. It is. And this being a lodge, the first images that you show are, are this, the room is really interesting to me. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because there is a clear Asian influence yes, yeah. here, but there's also the, you know, you can, you can see the wood, the wood beams, mm -hmm. you can see the wood paneling on the wall. It's rustic. Right. Right. But it's, but it's also Asian influenced and it's whimsical with the, with the treatment on the ceiling with the stars. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about this room. Yeah. It's very whimsical. I think that we knew that this space was going to be, um, this lodge was used for entertaining purposes. The client had a collection of some um, Asian pieces. So we wanted to incorporate them, but we also just wanted to, we wanted it to be a magical space. Um, so that particular chandelier that we're looking at, that was a custom chandelier that we had made with a, a local artisan in Brooklyn. It was made in Brooklyn and we brought it to Montana, but um, I worked very, very closely um, designing each pane of glass and <laughs> every little detail and every tassel. Um, so um, that was a really, really fun item to design. Um, but, um, but yeah, this space, we wanted it to just feel, to make you happy, for it to feel grand, um, for it to, to feel like Montana, but not be, you know, what you would expect uh, to see in Montana. We wanted a little bit of both. Um, so, so yeah, it was a, it's a really a, a comfortable, fun, whimsical space. It, it is. And, and I, what I think is interesting too, is there are, what I really like about it is each space that you're showcasing from the design, mm -hmm. it's not matchy matchy. No. Um, the rooms are all very different, but they seem to have a cohesive through line. Right. There is... There is a lot of blended materials. There are some things that you certainly would not expect to see in a Montana lodge, like the, the lighting in most cases, the chandeliers are just right. amazing. There are some things that you would expect to see like a bison head. Right. Right. You know, on a fireplace. <laughs> we had to, we had to use at least one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. But what, what you also see is this highly collected blend of old and new, mm -hmm. far east, far west, and yeah. and that's one of the things that really struck out struck me is just how how vast the spectrum of design was on this particular project. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and that's um, that's definitely. I mean, Thomas is you know uh, he mixes ancient and modern, so that's really that's something that you know, we love doing and um, we want it to feel like it's supposed to be there, but, um, but, but again, not something that, um, 
that you would expect. So, um, so we love that mix and that blend and that kind of high and low and, um, you know, incorporating unexpected pieces. So jumping over to, I guess, a senior relationship mm-hmm. with the president's house of mm-hmm. a New England yeah. university. Yeah, <laughs> that's another great one. Yeah. It, it is a great one. And, and here's what's interesting. As, as I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at what is probably a, a great room or, or a living room, mm-hmm. this particular design, we could be looking at 2022. Mm-hmm. Right. or 1960 right <laughs> or or any year in between it is it is what what i would what i would define as as quintessential yeah classic you know yeah. mid-century american design not that it's mid-century but but it this traditional idea mm-hmm. is seems to be so well respected mm-hmm. and it looked like you saved or, or or played off of a lot of the original molding mm-hmm, and, yes, and color yeah. palette that mm-hmm. you that you might have found when the house was built. Right, right, yeah. And this too, we 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 knew this house is used for tons of entertaining. We wanted it to be a space where anyone could feel comfortable, um, but it was also a space where things could be moved around and rooms can be reset but it could still um, still function well. Um, so, um, you know, we, and then in terms of color palette, um, we kept it, like you said, I mean, we definitely pulled from the original um, home and, um, and just wanted something kind of neutral, but colorful. Um, so um, neutral, I guess, in a, in a blue green calm sense, but, um, but yeah, and I, I think what's so special about this project too, is we had an amazing collection of art um, that we were able to utilize, um, through the university. So I think that like combination of, um, you know, very modern contemporary art pieces and, um, and then, you know, some older, um, I mean, we have portraits in there and landscapes. So it's, it's an interesting blend. Yeah. And some of the architecture, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a a seating arrangement with a large format piece Mm-hmm. behind where you have traditional furnishings and modern art. And, yes. and it, yeah. it goes, it doesn't, I think the best thing one can say about a situation like that is it doesn't look forced. It looks like it belongs together. Right, right, exactly. Like it's supposed to be there. <laughs> and, and that yeah. doesn't happen easily. Yeah, that, that's our goal. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's unexpected, but it doesn't scream at you. You know, everything kind of balances each other out. Um, tell me that about that's something that's important to me is balance. It's kind of tell me about your relationship with art. Um, some, some designers mm-hmm. love working with art. Mm-hmm. Some designers that I've spoken to absolutely hate it. Um, and the, the, the most common reasons for why they hate it, mm-hmm. um, Cost, right? U- uniqueness of product and material, mm-hmm. uh, securing it, shipping it, right? Finding the right trades to work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that goes into art. It's not just a matter of oh, we like this, so we're going to have it shipped, and we're going to hang it on the wall. Right, right. You know, I, I I love working with art. I mean, the best thing is when you have a client who's a collector, <laughs> and they have a great collection of art. Um, but um, but I think you can you can get art at any price point. Um, I think it it that that doesn't really matter. It's it's more I think what I found find difficult is 
art is so subjective. So, you know, what I might love and appreciate my clients might feel differently. So it's just finding something that, um, that, that they love and, um, and using it in the space. So, so I, I love to work with art. It's, it's something that, um, that I think, you know, I think it's important to a space, but I don't like, I don't like pushing art on a client. I, I want them to love it. That's important to me. A client has to be surrounded by, by things they love. So, you know, it, it depends. Yeah. Um, next project is, and I'll tell you why this one struck me, uh, a Millbrook, New York renovation. Yeah. Where, where are you in the, in the state of, of this project? Uh, well, this project is is a um, we've been doing it in stages. So right now, this what you're looking at is a uh, new kitchen renovation, family room renovation, an outdoor space. Um, that project is still going though, so we're actually working right now on a full house, and um, we renovated the um, the basement to be this great billiard space. Um, so I hope to add some some imagery soon. Um, maybe we'll photograph this summer, but it's kind of it's it's always evolving. <laughs> well, when you have a view like that of the backyard, <laughs> it's so special. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I know. I always, I just told my client, I, I, you know, she, um, she reached out to me the other day and I was like, God, I love, anytime I have to go to this site, it's, it's the best because that view just (laughs) doesn't get old. It's so pretty all year round. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm looking at the kitchen and the first thing that struck me was that built-in banquette. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as you're looking at the rest of the kitchen, between the mixed metals and the fact that the lines are just so clean. Right. right. Um, and I'm noticing the range, the cooktop. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you, when you go with, it's induction, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. So when you go with induction, it just hides everything. It's so clean. I know. It's, it's so clean. No knobs, no handles. <laughs> so no, nice. I mean, there's nothing. Yes. Yes. You can really use that whole entire surface. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, um, this was a, a great project. And it was one of my very first projects on my own. So, um, so another project that I hold very near and dear, but, um, but this uh, bank, uh, this breakfast area, they really wanted a space where they could comfortably sit. They're a family of four. Um, They, um, so they love the idea of a banquette, but they wanted to introduce like a pop of color. So we did this great, um, dining table with a back painted glass. So it's got this pretty pop of like a turquoise blue color um, and it glows because it's a glass surface. So, um, which is which is not only pretty, but very durable and easy to clean. <laughs> so that was important too. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they, they use this space all the time. And, and that's, what, that's what was so important to us, you know, having a common area where they could um, sit in the kitchen, sit at the banquette, um, then there's a nice family room off of that area. Um, so they spend a lot of time there and, um, that's what we wanted. What was the transition like for you going from working with some, some storied high, highly successful firms mm. to then making the decision? It's one of the, it's one of the most stressful and scariest things that, you know, any creator does yeah. is making that choice. Right. To, to, to leave the safe environment 
Yeah. And go hang a shingle and do it yourself. Yeah. It's scary. (laughs) Um, You know, I always, um, I always knew I wanted to eventually go off on my own. I always had this like entrepreneurial spirit. So I I knew eventually, you know, it would happen. Um, I also always wanted to work for, for, for whatever reason, I mean, no reason, but I just felt like three working for three design firms would give me a really good foundation before I went off on my own. So, um, I, after, so I I worked for Thomas for many, many years after Thomas, I went to Victoria Hagen. Um, and, um, when I was with Victoria, I, um, I, I ended up, I had a little one on the way and I decided that that was probably the best time for me to go off on my own. I, you know, I already was working in the industry for 15 years and I felt like, you know, I guess now's the time I got to rip the bandaid and and do it. Um, At the same time though, I had um, this project that we were just uh, talking about that opportunity came up and another project, which is not on my website yet, but I hope to have it on there soon, but it's a a Florida project that's located in Bureau Beach. That opportunity came to me um, kind of out of the blue. And I felt like, you know what, (laughs) if I'm going to do it, how can I say no to these projects and opportunities? I just, I have to do it. So, um, so I, um, I left VHI and, um, you know, with a little one on the way, I started my own firm and this project in Millbrook, I was installing um, two weeks after my daughter was born. (laughs) So I was out in the field doing my installation. I I didn't have much of a maternity leave, but you know what, you do what you got to (laughs) do. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's it. And yeah, I just kind of hit the ground running and, you know, kept, kept going, moving forward. Are there this is not to say that um, your design work is is formulaic. It's mm-hmm. it's not to say that. Are there things though, certain elements that mm-hmm. you try to incorporate into your work um, huh? that you've just found universally widely acceptable or accepted? Um, well. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, I, I try, I try not to, but there are certain pieces that I find that I, I do like to use, um, like a, a serenin table. I think that's always a great thing for a kitchen or a breakfast room. I think I, I like to incorporate um, a Parson style table. You'll usually see one of those <laughs> floating around. Um, but for the most part, I, I think, you know, I, I have a lot of different projects. I think some are more traditional, some are a bit more modern or contemporary. And I think that the common thread is, um, you know, I I think um, clean lines are always important to me, proportion, balance. um, And um, I I think that's, that's the, that's the through line and, you know, the consistency that you'll see through my projects. Well, here's the other thing though. Um, I I see no technology. Mm -hmm. And I say this because Oftentimes, you know, there'll be a TV here or something else there. Mm -hmm. When I see no technology, (laughs) that is generally indicative of of a choice. Uh You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, yeah. I guess so. It's interesting that, yeah, you're right, though. There isn't really any technology in these. There isn't. And I I think that that's fascinating. In in a lot of these spaces of yours, I, I see... I see some really extravagant storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's, you know, and as we're talking, I'm looking at this upper upper west side apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm just I mean, that's this is this some of this is right out of like be out of Bridgerton or it could, you know, it could be out of a TV show. Just the, the way that the, it almost looks, some of the work almost looks like a set yes. in, the, in the manner in which it's just defined a very specific, very strong narrative. Right. Right. And that's one of the things that I've noticed in, in your work, mm-hmm. the narratives are, are very, very strong. Right. Right. So you're not a minimalist for sure. Mm. No, yeah. I wouldn't ca- I wouldn't call you a maximalist either. No, I wouldn't either. No. But but the stories are very very strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if what role that plays in your work. Um, you know, I I I I think it's so important for a home to feel like the client. So, um so I, I'm happy to hear that. And I'm glad that you're saying that, but um, I, I think that it, it needs to be a reflection of the client. Um, you know, of course it's always, everything's filtered through my eyes, um, but um, but I want it to feel like them. So I think that's why my projects feel very, you know, each project feels different from the other um, because I'm telling a story about the the person who lives there, the the family that lives there. And, you know, last question I have for you in, in that regard, do you, for, for lack of a better word, mm. do you script your stories? Do you, do you, do you think about the narrative almost like if you were, have you ever done a design house? No, I haven't. Not yet. Okay. No. <laughs> if you do it, do you want to do a design house? I, not yet. <laughs> Maybe okay. down the road. Here, if you ever, if you, if you ever do this to a design house, the idea behind it is, you know, even if there's an owner, you're going to get like this fictional family or a real family, but you're not just, you're not designing for the family, right? For a specific client, you're really just right. des- designing a for space a story. To, to really almost like a TV right. show. It's almost like a like you're designing a set where mm-hmm. the story is something you think about. Okay, this person, then, then when they come into this room, they generally walk in this direction or they're, right. here's where they spend most of their time or here's his favorite chair or here's right, right. her. It's just like, I have found more purposeful conversations mm-hmm. about story and about how space is used specifically mm-hmm. and not so not so much in general terms, mm-hmm. like we've had in years past. Does that make any sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And I, I think I do. I think about that a lot, maybe more subconsciously, but I always think, you know, I listen very closely to my clients. I want, I do visualize how they're going to use a space, where they're going to be reading, where they're going to be eating breakfast, you know, where they're going to have their cup of coffee in the morning. So I think that's always playing um, through my head when I'm designing these spaces. Um, you know, that's, that's important <laughs> to me. So yeah. What what are some of the things that your clients have been asking you for over the last couple of years that maybe they weren't asking for previously? Um, you know, now of course there's um, you know, multi-purpose spaces, spaces where they could um, I mean, offices, of course, have become a priority and important. Um 
one thing that I've been that I've been asked for recently is also spaces that are conducive for Zoom. So you know, spaces where you have a nice background or the proper lighting or the proper sound. That's you know not something that I had to design in the past, but something that's very real now and something that you have to consider. You know, what does it look like behind you? How is your light? Um, you know, so that that's that's a new thing. <laughs> it is a new thing, and and I I feel like we are in this entry into a complete renaissance mm -hmm. of design and architecture because there's been such a wholesale refocusing right. on what home means and what yeah. office means and what every space actually means and what its original purpose. I feel like it puts an incredible value back on the shoulders of creatives who define those spaces. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, home has become so important. I mean, we've spent so much time here the past two years. So um, yes, I think quality has become so important. You want pieces that are going to last. You want things that are comfortable. Um, you know, not, not only that look nice, but that you can actually sit down in and, and put your feet up. Um, so I, I think that that's definitely something that's become very important. And, you know, people have honed in on now that they're spending more time in their homes. Yeah. So true. Um, Marissa, I cannot thank you enough for the time today. This thank was so you. great. Was it yeah, did you have fun? You for, what? I was going to ask if you had fun. I know you were nervous. Oh, I had so start. much fun. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. It was so nice. Okay. I, thank you for having me. Really. It was, it was my pleasure. I loved our chat. Yeah. yeah thank you. We are living in a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic, a history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Thank you, Marissa. Loved our chat. Thank you, Thermosol, Article, York Wall Coverings, Franz Wigner, and Moya Living for your partnership and support. You are remarkable partners and amazing allies for the trade. Thank you. And thank you for listening and subscribing to the podcast. I know you already know this, but there are literally hundreds of past episodes of Convo by Design that you probably haven't heard, especially if you are new to the show. So go check them out. Be well, and take today first. Mm -hmm.